have this thing called podcasting. Let's do it. Hi, Chels. Hi, Claire. Hey, this is Experience the Podcast. It's a it's a career stories podcast, and one day we're gonna do an intro correctly. Hey, I think this works. Okay. <laughs> It works. <laughs> I always have to put our little music in my head before we start and just kind of get into the vibe that I wanted that music to give us, which is um, one of my favorite memories is just you and me on the porch and having a mint julep. And uh, no matter mm-hmm. where you are, like if it's in Portland or Massachusetts, wherever, like we just kind of find our place with each other on the porch with a with a julep. And Hell yeah. In Portland, it used and to be... Porch we judge. Would, yeah, we used to like look out at Alberta Street, and there's just always a lot of really entertaining characters walking along Alberta Street, which was funny. And now, like now, with now you I there, have squirrels and beavers that I um, I judge from my porch. <laughs> the, be- <laughs> the beavers, and you have fireflies, and I just like love sitting out there with you and watching the fireflies and having a having a cocktail and just talking about life so if anybody yep. is curious because I had someone say like our music doesn't really match up with our horrible attitudes <laughs> um it's, it's I'll more, take that as a compliment <laughs> it's aspirational okay you guys it's trying to put us in like a nice calming mindset or just fooling you and putting you in a chill mindset before you were you're in the bombarded world. with our um our angry lady voices <laughs> yeah our two angry entitled white white girls with a podcast so um also it was a cheap Hashtag attempt twaps at, <laughs> twaps. <laughs> twaps uh it was a cheap attempt at like trying to be a little bit npr-ish but also matt wrote that music and composed it and played it and we just really like it so even though it didn't yeah. really go with the feel like just when you hear it, just immediately put yourself in that third chair on the porch with us. Yes. So welcome Grab to the a porch. Julep. Yeah. Some fireflies, some crickets. I may put some cricket sounds in here. Oh, I like that. All right. And then just cuddle up for us to talk about what are we talking about this week, Chelsea? Well, there seems to have been a lot of interest in photography stories, and boy, do we have a lot of them. I okay so I'm really excited about this because I got to be on the armchair of like being a part of them while you drove in the driver's seat it was uh that's a horrible horrible analogy I got to be your (laughs) co-pilot I just got done with work and I can't think are we making spaceships out of cardboard now well it is the USA so yes (laughs) space force space force um (laughs) I'll be in the no, pilot I, uh, I'm really excited for you to share some of these stories, and I'll chirp in here and there, but um, it, just being your second shooter on um, in in weddings, uh, which, <laughs> again, <laughs> context, that is the worst sentence ever. Second photographer <laughs> at weddings. Um, it, I got to witness and see a lot of stuff and just sit back with my mint julep and that music playing in my head. <laughs> going wow dude if I remember correctly and we're not going to talk about this today but you were more than a bystander as I have had to stop you from getting into a fist fight with a firefighter at a wedding so well you know I wouldn't have had to if he wasn't beating his wife that was I think the main thing fair he wasn't quite beating her yet we will talk about that one on another podcast because we're trying to keep it rather light 
right now while I deal with um, some mental crises, and I'm sure everybody else is dealing with them too. And, you know, I've, I never thought this would happen, Claire, but I actually got to the point where I'm like, I don't think I can listen to any more true crime right now. What? Yeah, that's how that's how bad it it's is. It's serious. Like, I can't, yeah. I cannot. Like, I'm in such a sensitive, sensitive place. I just don't, I just can't handle any more true crime right now. I just, I'm just in my world of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and making tiny food. And there's no death. There's no death I've there. been watching um, Agretsuko on Netflix, <gasps> I which I highly recommend to any older millennial out there. You will relate so hard with it. <laughs> And be so angry that you will want to start singing metal music uh, for karaoke. Um, um, I never knew that a Sanrio character could trigger me as hard. Like <laughs> I, that show. That's why they made a- it Sanrio because, like any other <laughs> anime, and you would have been like, "No, I don't feel comfortable watching this." Yeah, it lulls you into a sense of like comfort. It's like a cupcake. But really, the cupcake is just a shell for a grenade. <laughs> it's a grenade and a cupcake. So, okay, so we're going to talk about a few things regarding wedding photography specifically. And there are probably going to be several installments of this conversation because there's just so much. There's a lot of, like, good information that people who are getting married and want to have a wedding need to know. And there's also a crazy amount yes. of crazy stories. And I actually started hanging out with another wedding photographer because I'm doing landscaping at her house and we were driving to the nursery to go get plants and she she confided a lot of the same kind of stuff to me and I'm like, okay, good. This <laughs> at least I'm not the only person that's witnessing all of this crazy shit. And she's like, Oh no, like I quit a long time ago and I will only do weddings for people that I know or I know their families. She's like, it's super exclusive. And that's how a lot of wedding photographers end up. And we're about to tell you why. (laughs) So I'm really glad to hear that too, because there was a while there where I was like, is it just us? (laughs) Like, are we the only ones rolling the crap dice (laughs) and getting these shoots? I mean, there were good ones in there, but it seemed like we were on a roll for a while on, like, what else can go wrong, and holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, I will say, starting out, uh, the amount of bullshit you deal with most of the time, there are always exceptions, have to do with how much you charge. The lower in the price range you go, the more shit you're going to have to deal with, which is funny because you'd think the higher you go, the more shit you have to deal with. That is not the truth. That's not the truth (laughs) at all. So I started after I gained a really big portfolio, I started shooting only like higher priced, more exclusive weddings. And I'll tell you what, like (laughs) the $800 wedding is like a thousand emails back and forth and all of these stupid, ridiculous, asinine details and people being pretty disrespectful and then like a hundred installments to pay it off and then, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then like the $6,000 wedding is like, great, thanks. Here's your payment in one go. It's early. See you then. My coordinator will get in touch. And yes, you know, if, if you're the one in my shoes, like, what would you do? You know, you have yeah. to like develop this callous exterior to a point if you're going to be serious in that business. So Well, and be efficient at your job, too, where you just get it done. Yeah, yeah. The more bullshit you have to deal with outside of the wedding, that's time that you're taking up 
from the photographer that you're not even actually paying them for. So um, let's talk about, well, yeah, let's, let's start with what the job entails. Yeah. What, tell me about wedding photography, Chelsea. (laughs) Well, okay. Let me throw it back at your court. Before you started doing this with me, if you can clear your mind, what did you think wedding photography entailed? So from the few weddings that I had gone to and been a part of, to me, a wedding photographer was always somebody, they showed up at a certain time, they were in the background until the family called them over, and they wanted certain shots, they were part of that, and then they left at a certain point. But it was always this figure kind of in the background that would tell people what to do here and there. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of in your mind what their job entailed. Like they show up at a certain yeah. time, they take the pictures, they're there not even usually for the whole thing, and then they just disappear, and then you get pictures like four to eight weeks later. Yeah, and the, the wedding photographers that I remember that made the most impact were the ones who had like three cameras slung over their shoulders mm-hmm. and like a bag full of lenses just walking around with a flash and like taking random shots and being around the periphery and then corralling people. Mm-hmm. That was that was it. Yeah. So step by step, here's what a wedding photographer does. Depending on how the lead comes in, you can be on a service like Thumbtack or Wedding Wire or something. All of them are scams, by the way, so just be aware of that. It just depends on how desperate you are. The more established you get, the more references and referrals you'll have, which is the best way to do business. Um, But Mm -hmm. until then, you're going to have to spend... It's a pay-to-play in wedding photography. So um, your leads come in either by reference or through a service or something, and usually you get the basic details of the couple, the venue, their date, how many people are expected at the wedding, and then sometimes they put notes in there like it's an evening wedding or it's, you know, it's a it's a winter wedding or it's an outdoor indoor wedding and, you know, those are important things to know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't have a venue yet and those are the best leads because when you get to talk to the couple and find out what kind of photos they like, a lot of them like the really bright blown out, airy, you know, beautiful, sunny, ethereal Pinterest photos, right? You yeah. cannot and get that I can't that even, shit. like, imagine getting to a couple before they've chosen a venue. Well, sometimes they like, do. Sometimes, that's amazing. Sometimes photography is their, like, is the one really awesome thing that they want in a wedding, which are the best couples to work with because they pay you, they respect you, they let you do your job. And then they tell, they let you kind of help dictate the timeline because Mm -hmm. you know according to their photos and and all of that and when I was a photographer I'd put together this guide for people like that where I'd I'd have a type of photo like a big sunny one or a dark moody one and I'd be like these are the conditions you need for these photos this is how much how much setup this kind of photo requires this is the kind of space this photo requires and when you could get the when you could get your photographer in on it from the start, those are the happiest couples and they had the best photos, especially when I was allowed to help them pick the venue. So yeah, keep that in mind. So, so having a couple that's prepared and kind of has an idea of what they want is like a photographer's best friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, someone who at least understands that you need light to photograph things. <laughs> photo is latin for light and you cannot really take very good pictures in the dark 
And then some people Which say... Which I apologize for our wedding. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. We did outdoor photos at your wedding. It was great. No, but the indoor ceremony was, was rough. I still got it. No big thing. You did. You captured some good photos. Yeah, it was fine. Um, but there are the people who like... Uh, so I had a couple that the sister contacted me like a year after the photos were given back and I had warned this couple like they were a really cheap couple first of all they want they like wanted a deal and I was very nice at the time so I gave them a deal and because they were getting married in the building that my photography studio was in and um so it was like freaking half price I'll never do this again I did it way too much give them half price and I told them (laughs) because our wedding was in January and I'm like hey guys like if you haven't set your time yet try and do it as early in the day as possible because it was a beautiful chapel inside this building and it had like stained glass and skylights and stuff like that all of that is possible when there's light but January in the Northwest is tough in general. The yeah, weather's bad. Yeah, it gets bad. dark at like four. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, try and have your wedding if you can at like noon, and then we'll get yeah. great photos, right? Because they wanted bright, airy photos. I'm like, first of all, you're not going to get that in January indoors. You're just not. You're going to have flash photography, and that can look pretty rough. I do it okay. I do. I th- actually, I think I do some pretty amazing things with flash, but it doesn't give you. You just cannot replace sunlight. You just can't. Yeah. So um, they finally get to me like a week before the wedding and it's at 6 p.m. And there's a storm coming in that day. And so their photography was all flash photography, all of it. Because not only did they get married at the, you know, after the sun had set in the winter inside, they also turned all the lights out and tried to get married by candlelight in the chapel. Oh, Jesus. In a in a chapel where the uh, the officiant told me no flash photography, and I kindly told that officiant to fuck off. So yeah, uh, <laughs> they're paying me to capture this shot, and it's gonna have to happen. <laughs> and it was it was a Catholic wedding, but um, because that was a Catholic chapel at one point, but it didn't belong to a Catholic church, and that wasn't that officiant's church. It was just an you know. So I was like, look, if anything, I kind of have proprietorship over this building because at the time I was also one of the caretakers for the building. If you remember, I had keys to everything. Yeah, yeah. And I watched over events and things like that. So um, I was like, no, I'm going to take pictures with Flash because really it's the only way I'm going to get photos of this ceremony. So the, um, the sister reached out to me like a year after I sent the photos back and was like, my sister didn't like her photos and she's too embarrassed to tell you, can you send me the raw files so I can have someone else edit them? And I said, no, if she had a problem with the photos, she could have one followed my advice Two, she could have told me or, uh, three, she, you know. We got to cut three out. I don't have a three. But, you know, <laughs> I, I warned them ahead of time, and they seemed to like them okay. And then it was a year later. And then the sister was like, well, I'm going to leave you a bad review. I was like, you you did not sign this contract. You were not anywhere in this paperwork. Yeah. I don't owe you anything. So yeah. this contract is between me and your sister and brother-in-law. And if they have a problem, they can contact me. But they haven't contacted me. And also, if you were part of that contract, you would have read that I never give my raw files out. Because to a photographer, giving someone your raw files is like letting someone look under your dress. (laughs) You You just don't. You edit it, and then if you hand them off to someone else and they do a horrible job editing them, 
uh, and then they say that you took the photo, that looks really bad on you. So as a photographer, you got to protect your work. Oh, totally. So he, the best couples were the ones that like followed my advice as far as getting the pictures that they want. So that's step one, just getting a lead, figuring out when, where, what time, what the setting's going to be like. Then mm-hmm. usually, well, not usually, I can't say usually, then either they have a coordinator reach out to you who, when they hire a coordinator, it's preferred, or if they're too cheap to hire a coordinator, which most people are, because they think or that they don't need one. if you don't have the budget for a, a coordinator, which is understandable, which... At that point, you want to shrink the size of your wedding. Like, do your wedding within your means. Right. Um, and with that, you know, put the money where you're where you're going to get the most bang for your buck. Yeah. Sometimes if you have over 100 guests but not very much budget, put it into a coordinator and photographer. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> That's mean, it. We see it all the time. Like, people, as a photographer, when I give the photos back, people don't remember most of the things that I took pictures of because they didn't hire a coordinator or because they didn't think that they needed one, and they thought, oh, we'll just do this all ourselves. It'll be cheaper. It'll be fine. It'll be fun. That's a really good way to ruin your wedding. It just is. If you want the day to be about you and who you're marrying, and if you want to enjoy all of the things that you spent a house down payment on, then you Mm -hmm. need to hire somebody to take care of everything the day of at least so you don't have to worry about it. And even if you do hire a coordinator, you're going to have people all up in your shit constantly. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. So the the photographer kind of like by default becomes the coordinator just to get their job done. That's right. If you don't have a wedding coordinator and you hired a professional wedding photographer If you want to get all the photos on the list that you gave them or all the things that you talked about or the best shots, that photographer all of a sudden is doing two jobs that, and one of them you're not paying them for. They're moving furniture to get the right shot. They're keeping everybody on schedule to get the right shot. They're hurting the family of people that they don't know to get the right shot. They're, they're setting it up. They're moving it along they're telling you when and how to cut the cake they're telling you when and how to toss the bouquet they're telling you when and how and setting up how to do the garter toss they're they're telling you when and how to do the speeches i mean people think that by looking at pinterest they know everything about how a wedding goes until you get there and you're like oh i don't know how to do this i can't tell you how many couples i have told how to cut a wedding cake and what that means yeah what side the boutonniere goes on the left what I can't you know (laughs) how many boutonnieres I have pinned how much hair I have done um makeup makeup how much doing makeup on somebody I've done makeup on the fly I've been hired to do makeup and hair remember the Mary Poppins kit that we had it was like I had like um oh my gosh yeah scissors where it was a little bit of everything in a bag (laughs) clear nail polish hairspray, cigarettes, weed, little liquor bottles, everything that you could need for Cotton something balls, that might go Q-tips, wrong. Q-tips. Yeah. Tissues. <laughs> just just all the, uh, yeah, handkerchiefs, makeup, lots of makeup. Um, all the things from, like, all the jobs and all the vendors, knives, just stuff that, that you might need that they might not have. So mm-hmm. uh, markers for, like, signage and paper and just... Everything that has gone wrong, it's like I kept a, a tally 
and would have a kit in my car. Umbrellas was a big one because oh, yeah. it would unexpectedly rain. And of course, they wouldn't have umbrellas. So I had like a stash of like white and clear umbrellas for awesome umbrella shots, which that was a huge Or that- my favorite thing that you had on the fly was a car to kidnap the couple and get them away from people. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, we're, we're, that's a there glory were so story. Many- yeah, there are so many instances of um, us just kidnapping the, the wedding couple to get that shot because they're like, we don't care if you have to interrupt speeches. You steal us away when the golden hour hits yes. and we want those shots. Yes, <laughs> we love those. Yeah. So um, if you don't hire a coordinator, your wedding photographer is going to end up having to work double duty. And people don't think about like, oh, if I don't keep my schedule, then the photographer doesn't get the shot Um, Mm -hmm. because they just don't have to experience it. And so a good wedding photographer will ask you, do you have a wedding coordinator? Do you have someone for the day of? Because they want to know if they're going to have to be doing that. Yeah, even if you just uh, uh, appoint somebody in your family to take on that role, somebody you trust that you know can do it, like my sister was awesome that day mm-hmm. because I didn't have to worry about a thing. <laughs> she mm-hmm. she was on it. She was. She was on it. And make sure that that person that you ask, like, ask them if it's okay because they might want to enjoy the wedding too. And if they're mm-hmm. in charge of all of that, it's very stressful for someone, especially if it's not yeah. something they do on a regular basis. Now, your sister is a take charge kind of gal. So, of course, yeah. she was on it because <laughs> that's just who Celia is. Like, I don't, mm. I, you know, she she just, she's just, I don't want to, she's tiny. I was going to say large and in charge, but she's tiny and in charge. So, um, <laughs> that was a good choice. That was a good fit because that's just who Celia is naturally. But yeah. don't Well, and I trust someone, her to, like, just get it done. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, don't ask someone who doesn't normally do that kind of thing. It's it's incredibly stressful. Um, yeah. So let's let's do a quick wrap up of what we've talked about in the job of a wedding photographer on the not even just on the wedding day, but leading up. You have your meeting, you set expectations and goals, you get there the day of and you end up, you know, prepared for 10 jobs, even though you're being paid for one. And then after that, you have the job of editing all those photos. So what's the basic wait time on, like, editing? Okay, it's different for every photographer. I have a longer wait time. My contract always promises around 200 edited photos, which is average for market, but kind of low, I think, for a wedding. I do that because I usually return between 500 and 1,000 edited photos. So Mm -hmm. my wait time, especially in peak season, is between six and eight weeks. Sometimes people get them a lot sooner, but sometimes it takes a full eight weeks and sometimes longer. Um, I try and keep in contact. Well, you usually send teasers, too. Yeah. Like, where it's like, here's a cool edited one that I just finished up. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and use it for your social media Cards or or whatever, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It got longer and longer the more burned out I got on it, though. I will will admit, like, it just... it. I would back up the photos and start, we call it culling, when you, like, just go through the initial download and get rid of the ones where people's eyes are closed or the exposure is wrong. Where do we get to cull the photos? It would get longer and longer because 
the more I did it, the more I would worry that I was treating everybody's photos like they weren't special. And so instead Mm -hmm. of, like, spending less time on each photo, I started spending more time on each photo, making sure that I was really giving them their money's worth, which was just bad. And I will say, Chelsea, that you're also very much a perfectionist when it comes to your job. You want to make sure that you give your best possible performance and best possible end product. And that's not a negative on you, but if you don't have somebody right. to be like, Chelsea, no. Right, right. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I am empathetic. I'm painfully empathetic. I mean, everybody's wedding day was my wedding day. You know, I'd be like, yeah. what are the photos that I would be happy with? And that's how I approached every single photo of every single wedding, which it's just heavy, man. It's just a lot. Um, But yeah, yeah, you're looking at like, for me at least, it was an average of 20 hours of editing after spending, let's just face it, it's an all-day deal every wedding. You never book more more than one wedding in a day. Even if you're paid for like six to eight hours, you're there for like 10 to 12. Yeah. Or you're dealing with that wedding for that, because you've got to prep in the morning, you've got to get all of your, I would, my thing was the night before the wedding, I would clean all of my equipment and get everything like set up charged batteries out organized put my lens you know get everything organized and then the morning of I would go over the shot list um go over the timeline and then get breakfast with you or whoever my second shooter would be and then go over all of that with them and kind of make a plan and then drive to the venue which sometimes could be a few hours the drive could be yeah and um find the bride or the coordinator or both and then just like get to work and you guys it doesn't matter if you see your photographer standing there just standing there don't give them crap about it they are working all day in so many ways that you can't even you don't even know so um you're working all day you're moving furniture you're directing people you're just doing all the stuff and in our case sometimes we'd have to give bridesmaids what we called the pep talk (laughs) (laughs) so this leads into our next part of this which is the people who you invite will be the ones that define your wedding day (laughs) that's right we could really like talk about bridesmaids Yeah. yeah i mean we know as photographers that even if we adore you as a couple we have no idea ever what we're stepping into if we don't know your family you could be the coolest people And you could have the worst freaking family. And I just want you to know as a wedding photographer, if you have a crazy ass family, we don't hold that against you. Like, because we have crazy ass yeah, families too. not at all. <laughs> but Heads up though, would be nice. <laughs> I mean, sometimes they try, but how do you like, just sometimes from what we've seen, you just can't even warn people about some of this stuff. Nope. It's just something. And I nope. think that maybe if I had been warned about some of it, I just wouldn't have shot the weddings. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. So let's talk about the wedding party a little bit and why you want to choose the people you do. Yeah. (laughs) And I understand like personal relationships stretch back and there's a lot of history there that we don't know. But I think it's it's good to have a a come to Jesus talk (laughs) with everyone who is helping make your wedding day what it's going to be. Yeah, you need to know you can bargain with yourself all you want. 
but weddings bring out <laughs> the best and the worst of people. There's no meh on a wedding day. There's no like gray area unless the person's stoned. So, and sometimes you get both out of one person, the best and the worst, depending on the time yeah. of day and what's going on. Um, so bargain with yourself all you want, but take everybody that you know that you're considering inviting or being in your wedding party and think of like their best selves and think of their worst selves and consider if you can handle that on a day that's supposed to be about you. Can we have an example, Chelsea? Do you want to <laughs> give an example? Well, my first thought, um, I think we, we spoke about this a little bit earlier, but the bridesmaid, it was the maid of honor mm-hmm. who was really interested in inserting herself in every little thing. Yes. And made it to the, it, it got to the point where the bride was so stressed out. She was crying because she didn't like, it was just nuts. And yeah. then you called her out on it and said, listen, this isn't about you. And she acted like a petulant five-year-old the rest of the night, yeah. not wanting to do photos, not wanting to do anything. And it was just like the worst. Yeah. That's, that was a that was an instance but it's also a trope like a real one that oh, is totally a, that was that's a recurring character in most weddings that we attend there's yeah. always the one at least one sometimes more the but the bridesmaid who wants it to be about herself that day and Claire and I kind of came up with a canned like pep talk where we pull them aside And we're like, hey, listen, today's not about you, not at all, not even a little bit. It's not about you at (laughs) all. Yes, you get a pretty dress, but you have to wear that pretty dress while you kiss her ass, her being the bride. Your job today is is to kiss her ass and give her the best day possible. And it's so annoying when I see all these bridesmaids that are always like, does this look okay? Does this look okay? Does this look okay? How's this look? Do I look fat? Do I look tan enough? Oh my God. Do I look like gray? Is this a good color on me? I hate this dress. Like shut the fuck up. Just, it's not about you <laughs> at all. You know, you're I wearing wouldn't that take dress. a bad picture of you either. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> you're wearing that dress to look good in her photos, not your photos, yep. her exactly. photos. So, just stop with it you know put on your makeup ask her if she's excited ask her if you can get her anything like compliment her tell her she looks good unless she unless she doesn't if she didn't look good don't lie to her be like let's let's work on this because that's the other thing I can't (laughs) stand it when friends lie to their bride friends when they really don't look good like yeah yeah like let's let's redo that wing like that that eye makeup is not working like (laughs) we've done that we've like jumped in after the makeup artist left be like "Mm, girl yeah let me help you (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah just there's always the bridesmaid that just tries to make it all about themselves and I've gotten like as as the years go by and the weddings stack up I've gotten like pretty like drill sergeant ish with the bridesmaids before where I'm like (laughs) ladies it's time it is your job (laughs) to help her and if she has a giant dress that's not going to fit through the door or into the car we need to figure out how to make that happen you carry her dress you carry her train (laughs) you open the car door you help her in the car and you shove all that dress in there around her those are your jobs (laughs) it's like having to like 
I don't know, just direct an army or or something. But yeah, people forget all the time, like, oh, I'm I'm gonna be in a wedding or whatever, and then they they start getting dressed nicer than normal, and all of a sudden it's all about them. It is not about you. You know what day is about you? Yep. Your wedding day, or your graduation <laughs> day, or your birthday. <laughs> You were not selected to be part of the bridal party so that you could party nonstop and have it be about you. You get to party after they say I do. That's when you get to party. Everything leading up to that, you're on duty. You said duty. I did. Um, Toit numps. (laughs) Yeah. And I think so to reiterate things, you can't help who you're related to, but you can help who you trust your uh, your wedding day with when it comes to tasks and duties. <laughs> duties. Speaking of duties, yeah. groomsmen. Yes. All right, boys. Listen up. You do not get drunk until after you say, I do. Just say it again don't. for the people in the back, Chelsea. <laughs> don't get trashed till they're married. You're, you get to party afterwards. So I hate it when we show up and the, they're like sitting around in their sing, singlet wife beater shirts, playing video games, just getting stoned and trashed. And then like having to take pictures of the groom's party is just a freaking mess because they're so drunk they can't stand up. They're all red. They're all red in the face because they're trashed. And then... It takes editing to get that shit out. <laughs> a lot of men who drink get... They get violent. They get mean. And Claire yep. and I have dealt with our fair share of mean drunk men coming after us when we're just there to shoot a wedding. So uh, yeah. and you also get gropey. Like, I've been groped a lot. Uh, yeah, and it's just kind of like, you're an adult. Yeah. Get your shit together. Yeah, this is a wedding. Not You had a bachelor party for this shit. <laughs> yep. This is a day when they get come together and get married in front of family and, and friends, not another party for you at 10 a.m. And the last person that you want to grope is the person who can give the bride and groom photographic evidence of it. <laughs> like, That's true. Seriously. <laughs> Dude, I have a huge blackmail file. That's another thing. I don't yep. know if other photographers do this, but I keep, I keep like, I have a receipts, receipts folder. <laughs> yeah, for, for a lot of, like stuff I've got pictures of that's illegal activities or things that I can hold on to to like do you remember oh my god I just remember remember when I got my foot run over at that wedding by the drunk mother of the groom yeah so your foot was so black and blue (laughs) like you didn't walk for like a good three weeks I walked with a cane and a boot yeah so I'm at a wedding it was a cheap wedding and this was like the beginning of the end of those for me. And it was a military couple. And they were a really nice couple. But this is a case of where their family ruined it, right? So yep. they were they were really nice. He was in the army and she was a nurse. And um, But I show up and like I show up at 10 a.m. on a military base. And everybody but the couple's already drunk. And Ooh. I'm trying to get party photo it's just me on this one i was alone which is another thing that you should never do i'm gonna i'm gonna say that to wedding photographers do not ever go to a wedding alone 
A lot of people think, oh, I can do it. I can handle it by myself. And it doesn't matter if you can handle taking the photos by yourself. There are so many safety risks, especially for women associated with going to weddings of people that you don't know in places that you're not familiar with. So even if you're not paid for a second shooter, you bring somebody with you and call them an assistant, but you don't ever go and shoot a wedding by yourself. You have no idea what can happen. And in this case, I was three and a half hours from home alone on a military base and uh the i was shooting the whole wedding party in front of this church on on a military base and the mother of the groom who has been drinking heavily who is on her cell phone just drives by in between me and the party and runs over my foot with her SUV, with her Lexus SUV, and just keeps going. And I, like, go down, right? Because it hurts so bad. And, like, the groom runs over and, like, helps me and, like, picks me up and I can't walk. And so I finished shooting the party photos. Like, I took the weight off of my foot and just stood on one foot and finished taking the wedding party photos because the wedding itself was in 20 minutes. And he tracked down his mom, but she was so drunk that, like, he had to get... He's like, I can't even... I have to get her insurance information from her later. So he's like, can you shoot the wedding? My foot is black and blue my foot's like three times the size of my shoe so i'm barefoot i had to take my foot out of its shoe and like put my shoe in my camera bag and stuff and i'm like sitting in the back with in the back of the church with the groom and the groom's party and like they're icing my foot and they were so sweet oh my gosh they were just they were so sweet but the families were already trash so i shoot the wedding Anyway, we wrap my foot with ice around it, and I, I, like, I find a spot in the aisle, and I shoot the whole thing. And uh, I called my boyfriend at the time after the, after the, the actual ceremony, and I told him what happened, and I couldn't drive home because it was my right foot. So yeah. um, I called him, and he drove up and um, helped me through the reception, but... He didn't bring any pain pills. Nobody had any pain pills. So as I'm, like, shooting the reception on one foot, trying to get every all the pictures that I can, he's giving me alcohol to help my pain. Well, and I remember you needed that alcohol because the mother of the groom stepped on your foot with her high heel, That's if right. I recall. That's right. I was taking photos of the toasts, and people were getting cake while the toasts were being given. And so I was kind of along a receiving line and she comes like stumbling up to me in these six inch stilettos and she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And as she says it, she steps on the injured foot with her six, six inch stiletto and all, and it goes through the skin. So there's a hole on the top of my foot that was broken from Ugh. her heel. And I screamed and... um yeah, it was really bad. I don't, I gotta be honest with you, I don't remember a whole lot of like what happened after that. I took pictures of the whole wedding, and you know what? They were really beautiful too. But I do remember that I got so drunk that I sang Etta James at last at their wedding because <laughs> they had karaoke <laughs> in the reception. And so I got super trashed because <laughs> I was trying to take pictures still. And then I just, I don't know, for some reason, right before I left, I thought it was a good idea to get on a microphone and sing at last. 
And they were into it, man. They were like slow <laughs> dancing and like one of them tipped me and like so it was like simultaneously awful and amazing. And I never would have had that experience if I wasn't a wedding photographer. But yeah, when I got home later, like it was just bad news. And I remember like I went to the ER the next day because I was just so exhausted and they gave my foot an x-ray and they're like, yep, it's flattened. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just a very long, but you know, I couldn't shoot weddings for a little while after that because I couldn't walk. So that really affected my income. And then I had like the mother of the groom would not give me her insurance information. And so unfortunately I had to withhold the photos from the cu- from the couple until I got that information. And that was hard for me to do because they were really nice people. But, yeah, you know, I was severely injured and it severely impacted my income. So um, yeah. keep that in mind, you know, in regards to, like, who's at your wedding or if you're going to serve alcohol or what that looks like. That's an example of the kind of thing that happens when people get super drunk at weddings. People get hurt. And, yeah. And it's just not, or they do donuts in the middle of a field with eight beers as their passenger. Yeah. Like that father of the bride that one time. Yep. I mean, to be fair, he was doing real clean donuts. I mean, there was nothing he was going to hit. It was an airfield. Like he was in the clear, whatever. He was having a good day. And he wasn't like, he wasn't super rude. He just wasn't making the best choices. But it's, it's not (laughs) encouraged. But I got to say, it was pretty cool to see. Um, like made that. for some good pictures just make good choices darn it just you know you don't make good choices when you're trashed i think we yep. all have a story about that sometimes yep. they work out like singing at a james as a jewish white girl at a filipino wedding you know and sometimes they don't work out like getting <laughs> drunk as a groomsman and then like berating your wife outside the venue right after the wedding in front of everybody just just not good choices yep how about, so what's Doesn't the next look point? Good. Uh, you get what you pay for. Oh, ain't that the truth? Yeah, and but I mean, I think it applies to everything across the board at your wedding. Um, but the things you're going to take away from your wedding is a wedding certificate and photos. Mm-hmm. Invest in Yeah, your I mean, you're going to shit the it cake out. It is worth it. And do your research, you the know? The flowers are going to die. Um, yep. You know, no one cares. You're only going to wear that dress once. Right. Actually, you know what? I got to admit, I've been wearing my wedding dress a lot in quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) I almost put mine on the other day just to see if it still fit. Because I loved my wedding dress. I loved wedding dress, too. Yeah. Yeah. We should. And I got one that I knew I could. Oh, you know what? October's coming (gasps) up, Chelsea. That might be our Halloween night. Are we wearing our dresses, brides, and and uh, drink corpse survivors? Yeah. Oh my god, I love it. I'm bringing my wedding dress when I come see you. Oh, and we're bringing Robert's I jacket. Oh, Robert and I, when Robert and I got married, he got, he had this sexy, like, green, dark green velvet tux jacket, and he was very worried about it when I suggested it at first, but everyone, even, like, no one compliments my dress. Everyone's like, wow, that's a great jacket when they see your wedding photos. <laughs> Yes, I love it. But unless you're crazy people like me and Claire, you are really only going to wear or use those things once. Um, no one cares about yeah. your centerpieces. It's cute. But if you put a bunch of money into it, that's just not wise. Um, wedding yeah. favors. I can't speak for everybody. 
I have, I have dual opinions on this. One of them is we had in our office when I was, when we were doing wedding photography, we had like a big bin of wedding favors from everybody's weddings that we had shot. And I really enjoyed that because they were like just mementos and it was really fun to see what people came up with and how each one really uniquely fit each couple. Um, Yep. So wedding favors are cool, but my my the other like my Jekyll Hyde opinion on this is like yeah wedding favors are cool for me as a wedding photographer but like in terms of me as a human being like I don't want a freaking wine glass with your name on it <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that I don't want I don't want so I don't want something super expensive that I'll feel guilty about throwing away because it has your name on it <laughs> The amount of small pouches full of M&Ms that I have eaten in my uh, career of assisting you, I can't eat M&Ms anymore. They're, they're, they were good when I needed that sugar rush and to get through that last bit. Yeah. But like... It's like when they have the names yeah. on them, they cost like 10 times as much as normal M&Ms. And how many times did you look at their yep. names? If, if you're considering personalized no. M&Ms, don't. Just don't. That's yeah. a waste of money. I don't look at Ann and Steve as I'm dumping the entire thing down my yeah, throat. Yeah, no, we don't I care. Just... If you're considering, yep. like, personalized glass etching stuff, don't. Don't. Edible things are if good. If you're going to go for, like, candy, too, yeah. get me, like, a family-sized Snickers pack. Yeah, and, and you know what? I will remember that wedding. <laughs> Because I will not be hangry. I will not be a diva. I will be eating my Snickers and enjoying your hey wedding. Man. Okay. Uh, what What's the best, like, what are some of the most memorable wedding favors that come to mind for you? Um, my favorite one that I still have on uh, my mantle is um, this thing called the Chanchito. It's a little three-legged pig yes. um, in Central American culture that... Uh, is kind of a good luck that at was weddings. Jamie and Jeremy's wedding. And so actually, it was another wedding oh. that I got it at. I, I grabbed one from uh, their wedding as well. But yeah, it's um, it was one of those things that um, I have three chanchitos sitting on my fireplace. Um, and then I really liked, I, I mean, I'm biased, but I really liked our wedding favor. Like people still were, are contacting me, asking me to send them spice mix. I was going to so say, I was going to describe like it was your wedding a good favors. One. Cause that's, that, that was probably my favorite. And I think it would be my favorite, even if I wasn't biased towards you. But, uh, so what, so when Claire and Matt got married, because Claire's a chef and a baker, Instead of having flowers with the bridesmaids carrying down the aisle, each of them had their own spice. And um, when Claire and so they each bridesmaid or groomsman carried a spice up and they put it in a spice rack. And when Claire and Matt said their vows and did their blending ceremony, they each put like a, a set amount of each spice into a big bowl. And Claire, we're gonna have to find the photo of that and post it. And then at the end of it, Claire yes. mixed it all up, and the spice mix was everyone's wedding favor in little jars. So she'd done a mix ahead of time and jarred it up. But um, that and it was and then so all the food good. was also cooked with the spice. Yes, all yeah. the food was cooked with the spice. It was amazing. It was so personal. It was so unique. It was so original, and it was like such a uh, a unique. Um, flavor but also really universal like 
it went well on mm-hmm. any meat. It went well on any vegetable, soups. I just used, I mean, when you moved, you it's gave almost me like a, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, right. <laughs> when you moved, you gave me a whole bunch more of it. And I was like, so excited. You're like, you want more of our wedding spice? I'm like, you know, I do. You know, I love eating your numptuals. So <laughs> that was, that was one of my favorites. And then another one was like, there was this couple in Seattle and the guy liked to brew beer. And so they had just bottles of their wedding brew with their names on it. Oh, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. I re- it was really good beer. That was a good one. That was a great, that, yeah. I thought that was, it was great because it was unique to them. It was really cheap for them to do and it was enjoyable, you know, and it wasn't something that I needed mm-hmm. to like feel like I needed to hold on to. It was something that was like, oh, I'm going to open this up and enjoy it later and think of them and, and then that's it. So those are my favorites. Yeah. So I think to end things off, I would like to go over a wedding horror story and a glory story. Okay. Um, I've been bitching a lot. So you tell the horror story. I'll, char- I'll, I'll <laughs> chirp in, I'm sure. I'm sure whatever you choose, like I'll have to jump in. But you, you start with the horror story and I'll, and I'll go with the glory story. Okay. So this wedding was memorable to me for many reasons um but i think three particular things stand out one i used an entire container of solar cane over the course of 24 (laughs) hours because i was burnt so bad that's when i earned the nickname baked potato because i'm (laughs) irish i burn really easily (laughs) <laughs> and you just kept, like, over the course of a week as, like, three layers of skin peeled off. You were like, how you doing over there, baked potato? <laughs> um, but you also picked up that solar cane for me. So I did. Well, I'm, I'm I knew it was bad. Angry. You didn't know it was yeah. bad because you kept saying, no, I'm okay. No, I'm okay. But you hadn't seen a mirror. And I've I been like, burned before. <laughs> okay. So if I remember correctly, this wedding was on a golf course. Right. Yes. Yeah. And the, the venue was incredible. Not a bad shot. Um, I think the the only thing that made it not ideal was, um, again, the people you invite will make or break your wedding. And this was the family tree that didn't fork. And so it led to some very All right. interesting scenarios. Okay. Uh, I got to back up a service. little bit. For a little bit of context because okay. yeah I know what you're going with um <laughs> this bride was very sweet and she had presented it as a unique family situation is what she said and and blended family now to wedding photographers the word blended to us usually means either one of the one person in the couple has been married before and so like there's family to deal with from the ex's side like shared children things like that or it means like oh our parents have been divorced and remarried so there's some sensitive situations there to be aware of because new spouses will be will be there in a, in a in a place where you know normally these people don't speak to each other at all so like when you say a unique family situation or a blended family we go in expecting like some divorced maybe some drama yeah. or like like yeah. oh, we're gonna have to be sensitive about how we do some of these photos like maybe you know they want don't want someone in this photo or and as photographers we we're used to like making ourselves the scapegoat like we'll be like okay now you out of the photo that's just what that's just what's on the list we're just going with what's on the list 
But yeah. this situation, <laughs> the blending was more like siblings marrying each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, we we figured it, something was weird, something was up when. Um, the, first of all, the family itself was enormous. There, this was like a 250 to 300 person wedding, and most mm-hmm. of the people at it were related to each other. And then the other reason this wedding yeah. was special, which we found out, was she was the first person in like three generations to marry outside of the bloodline. Yep. Yeah. So yep. what that looked like. Yeah. The groom's family. Oh my god. I just. <laughs> <laughs> looks on their faces during the entire thing trying to get them to smile and like not be horrified in they their photos. looked terrified <laughs> when her family showed up like it's just like her family is really smiley and happy and that's great with all of their extra digits i'm not exaggerating and then his family Seriously. just looks really worried like just just big eyes <laughs> yeah. straight mouths like what is happening and that's how claire and i felt on the inside while we were doing this but we were like smiling and we like okay now your 13th sister and your cousin and daughter we're not sure uh you know like when you have to pick what relation it is because there's like two or three of them in the same person there's no preparing for that there's no like her but they were all really nice they were really nice yeah. people. Like her sister, like they one were, of her sisters. You know, her... to be honest, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, they were all chipping in and helping. Like they, they were. were, they were a team. They were a family. We are family. They, they went for it and they helped made that make that day. Well, I remember when you started figuring out what's going on. You were like, "Let's go for a golf cart ride," and you're like driving <laughs> really fast. And I'm like, "What's going on?" And she's like, "Quiet." And I'm like, "What is happening?" She's like. Did you watch X Files? Did you ever see that episode called Home? <laughs> and I would have laughed then if she wasn't so scared sounding. She's like, I think that's what's happening. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't think so. And then we go back, and her other sister shows up, and her hand starts at her elbow. And I was like, Home. All right. <laughs> Yeah. And okay. Again, like the nicest people. Nicest and it's people. Not, yeah. We just didn't know. It was know. just one of those. Didn't know how yeah. to handle that. And then, like, there were so many people there. And, oh, remember when the grandpa showed up with his 13-year-old bride? <gasps> we don't know that she was 13 because we she just looked way too young for him. She um, didn't look like she was old enough to drink. She looked yeah, very... Yeah, I don't think she was old enough to drink. It was really, really disturbing. There there was just so much about that wedding. That That's one of my wedding horror stories. That realization, that X-Files episode flashing through my head, be, getting third-degree burns uh, out in the sun, and then, like, really legitimately thinking of just driving away in that golf cart. <laughs> you... When, when the sun went down and the burn set in for you, it was... <laughs> <laughs> it was really bad. Like you still couldn't tell, but on the way home, I just I stopped needed at to a pharmacy. stand by the stage so that they could have, um, you know, with the lights from the DJ, they could have a nice red glow coming off of it too. <laughs> I felt the heat from the driver's seat from your skin. <laughs> <laughs> 
So and it, you know the thing with me, I wish I got tan off of it. I just burnt and then got whiter because <laughs> like three peel. layers of my skin burned off. The skin peeled off and it was just like white, white, white under there. I'm just like that's not natural. What like a snake on? shedding its skin. <laughs> so we learned after that that if you are not like me with the Mediterranean bloods and you're like Claire with the Irish bloods in your photography kit, you need sunscreen. <laughs> yep. Yep. And uh, ample application, hour over hour. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. You you can't slack on it. Um, So, Chelsea, give me a glory story. Yeah, moving on from the the, uh, Argyle family tree. Um, (laughs) Okay, I'm going to bring up one of the ones you brought up earlier, uh, which was the one with the maid of honor who really just couldn't exclude herself from anything yeah um that was such a small part of this wedding and Mm -hmm. um there's i just want to preface like there are a lot of horror stories and that's what people want to hear but there are so many wonderful beautiful experiences that we got to witness and be a part of and those were the ones that kept us in it those were the ones that the reason why we kept going because something's going to go wrong every single wedding and yep but if you're lucky really amazing wonderful once in a lifetime things are going to go right and yeah those are just the most awesome to witness and experience your wedding claire was just top of the top just and it had to do with the people Aww, that you had you. there had to do with your family and who you married and the people that you guys choose to surround yourselves with that that's what made it it would have it wouldn't have been made if you had shitty people in your life so this wedding was um between a couple that i didn't know they found me online actually i think they found me from the huffington post and they were very religious and they had been dating for three and a half years, and they were getting married, and they had never even kissed each other. And this wedding was in somewhere in central Oregon um, at, a, uh, at a barn, which was, it was just a lovely venue. Like, it was a family who owned the farm, of course, and they, they had turned it into a wedding venue. So you, you, they had all of the amenities that they needed. But it was also down the street from a hazelnut farm. So there were just hazelnut Mm -hmm. trees as far as the eye could see outside of the venue. And it was just, it was beautiful. Um, But they had never even kissed. And the bride had told us this when she booked us. And the day of the wedding, she was just really upset, like Claire said. Like she had been she was in tears and we were like, what's what's going on? And she's like, well, my best friend, like oh, it was more than they'd never kissed. Neither of them had ever kissed anybody before, ever. Mm -hmm. So this was not only their first kiss with each other, it was their first kiss, period. And they were 25, 24, 25. Yeah. So um, she's like, "My, my best friend just, you know, I've dreamed about this day my whole life since I was a little girl. She wrote a letter when she was 10 and put it in an envelope and sealed it for her future husband. And we delivered mm-hmm. that to him to read before they got married. And, of course, we don't know what it said, but it was just so sweet. And um, that person that she wrote the letter to was the person that she was going to kiss for the first time. Like, these people, this was the biggest day of their lives. Just no doubt about it. Yeah. 
And she said that her best friend just insisted on being there when she had her first kiss. <laughs> and yeah, everywhere the bride went, the maid of honor would follow her to make sure that it didn't happen without her there. So Claire and I had tried to like find spots in within the venue to make this happen without the maid of honor being there. And even though we had said she doesn't want you there as plain as day, she's like, I've been her best friend our whole lives and I've heard about this my whole life and I am going to be there. So we just stopped yeah. dealing with her and we made a plan. Claire and I hatched a plan and the plan went like this. The only way to get the bride away from the best friend was to drive somewhere, to go somewhere that was too far for her to walk. So what we did was we grabbed the bride, we put her in my car, and we drove her down the road about a mile and a half to the hazelnut farm. And we found a really beautiful place in the orchard, and we set her up there, we spread her dress out, and took some photos of her. And then I left Claire there to hang out with her and I went and I got the groom and I blindfolded him and drove him down to the same spot, got him out of the car, all blindfolded, walked him over to her. And before he took off his blindfold, Claire and I know this about couples. <laughs> These first looks are the best thing that you can do because it's the most intimate time you're going to have together the whole day. And even though people try and schedule in that kind of time, it doesn't happen. So it's really up to the photographer, the people taking your pictures, vendors, someone like taking charge, even over the coordinator and saying, I need this time for photos. We as the photographers have the option to do whatever we want with that time. So in this case, we, before he took off his blindfold, we said to them, we're going to give you 10 minutes for this to be your moment. And... I said, you know, let us drive away and have this time, and then we'll be back and we'll take pictures. So they, so they let us. We drove just down a little bit, maybe a couple blocks in terms of distance, and got out of the car. And I took a picture of, like, their feet under the filbert tree branches. You know, I don't know if I've told you this, but, like, every time I have hazelnuts... I think of that moment. I do too. Because you you walked, you were walking through the orchard and they were just crunching underneath your feet and the smell was so like strong and amazing. And it was such a special moment for them. And even though that's not the way I would want to do it, I knew how much that meant to them. Yeah. And it was so, it was such a beautiful moment. It was so wonderful. Yeah. So we gave them 10 minutes to do that. I still snapped a couple pictures of the moment so that they would have it. But it's like I said, like, We'll post the picture if I can find it. It was a really long time ago. Um, but I got their, their feet together under the branches from where I could see. And then and then when we came back, of course, it was obvious they'd been crying. <laughs> it was, yeah. you know, pretty wonderful. And then it, what was really fun was, like, when we started doing the portraits, I'm like, okay, you guys have to kiss again. <laughs> and it was funny because they laughed. I'm like, oh, you need to get your practice in now. You've been waiting a long time. You get to do this for the rest <laughs> of your lives. And so just, like, almost every picture is of them kissing. And it's so funny because you know that they haven't kissed anybody ever. So some of them are really awkward and some of them are right on. And I'm kind of, like, giving them <laughs> kissing so lessons. <laughs> 
yeah. They were really, really cute. It was really cute. And I just remember talking to them about it. I'm like, get ready, man. Like, life starts now. Like, touch her, <laughs> hold her, kiss her, kiss her cheeks, stroke her hair. And just, like, seeing the excitement in them, realizing that they can, like, touch each other and kiss each other. And it's real now. That was probably one of my top ten moments was yeah. was being able to do that. And then driving them back. Um <laughs> And then just like and seeing do, the butt hurt look uh, on the bridesmaid. <laughs> yeah, the look when we got out of the car. Like she was it it was obvious she was red in the face and sweating. It was obvious that she was like running around like crazy trying to find them. And yep. and uh so when we drove up and they got out of the car and they were holding hands and he kissed her cheek, she gave me a look that was like, I'm going to Oh, it was you. Like- yeah, she was so salty about it for the rest of the day. And that's when I had a talk. I'm like, look, today isn't about you. And it's really selfish of you to want to take that moment away from your best friend. It's not, you're not part of it. It doesn't involve you. There are pieces yeah, of her life exactly. that belong to her. And now there are pieces of their life as a married couple that don't belong to you. And every time you think you want to insert yourself in that, think to yourself and wonder if you would want her to insert herself in your moments. And that's the yeah. kind of speech that I end up giving to a lot of bridesmaids who just really want it to be about them. Just yeah. don't do it. If you're a bridesmaid, you have a job. Support the bride. That's it. Yep. Exactly. Well, I think that is a wonderful um, story. And it's a real life story. I like it's it. real life. Let's. I'll see if I can dig up the photos for it. It was just... It was wonderful. And I I think we're going to have just a lot of wedding photos as part of our Instagram post. Yeah. If I was still doing it, I'd be like, yay, great exposure. But I got to be honest, after we tell these stories, I mean, people, people might not want me to shoot their weddings or maybe they do. Hey, if you want a real wedding, if you want someone with like lots of experience and will get good photos and wants to work with you, if you're a respectful, decent person, man, maybe I will shoot your wedding. I haven't totally given it up. It's just like. When the horror yeah. stories outweigh the glory stories by, like, eight to one, it gets yeah. hard on the soul, and it's very hard on the body. Totally. <laughs> Especially yeah. in Claire's case. 100%. She was... God. She was the color Lost of Steven Universe's that shirt. Day. Eight pounds of skin. Gone. Oh, man. Um, well, well, hey, let's... Uh, let's do a quick little bit of buzz marketing here. Business! For, uh, yeah, business, and then we can close it out. You want me to do business corner real quick? Yeah, you're good at it. I tend to just make poop jokes. So okay, that's cool. It. No, I mean, poop jokes, if if you're listening to this and you don't like poop jokes, you need to stop listening to this. <laughs> that's half our friendship. Don't you know who we are by now? You, I hope you do. Gosh, and it's really funny, this conundrum of like, do I cuss or do I not cuss? It's so built into me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, business corner, here we go. If you have wedding photography stories, if you were the bride or the groom and you had a wedding photographer and they were awesome or not awesome, go ahead and share those stories with us. And you can do that at our website, which is experiencecareerstories.com. Or you can uh, just email us, which is experiencecareerstories at gmail.com. And also, if you want to see pictures or references or links and notes from this episode, you can do that at our online hub, which is actually Instagram. And our Instagram handle is at XP underscore show. We don't like Twitter. It's mean. And... uh, (laughs) 
Twitter's We mean. just have dealt with too much shit to deal with more online shit. I'll go back someday <laughs> when I'm done with this existential crisis. I might go back. <laughs> um, but not not today. So if you want if and you know what? Let's have conversations. We're having conversations on Instagram. We're sharing charts and articles and we want we want to like interact with you. That's the whole reason we're doing this. We just want more friends. <laughs> so find us on instagram um share us rate us review us even if you don't like us you know it's good to know and if you don't like us tell us what you don't like about us so that we can decide if you're an asshole or if we we're the assholes or if we can do better (laughs) yeah uh because everyone's an asshole sometimes and that's all i've got for you oh and uh tune in for sunday service this sunday where we share customer service stories and if you have customer service stories, if you worked in the service industry or if you dealt, if you were customer facing and you just like had the worst or the best customers ever, you can share those stories in all the places that I just mentioned. And yes. that's all. And I think we're going to try and do Sunday services like every other week at this point. Um, we're getting a good amount of stories in. Um, and as we get more, I think we'll do it every week. But um, we, st- we both still work full-time jobs. So... Um, we uh we do this in our fun time and it's fun and we love it but um we still gotta uh make the bacon so yeah we're not doing we're not (laughs) asking for financial support yet we probably will at some point if there's any interest in it but for now we're just twaps who have day jobs or side hustles to survive and who like to talk to each other across the country and record it and put it online so um but really truly we want to hear from you um it's just the same thing with our stories all the time and we really want to share other stories too so if you've got those in fact we will be sharing we will be sharing another story um we'll be interviewing another person here in the next couple weeks so uh i'll be excited to put that up oh yeah super cool person i mean everyone who comes on super cool but i'm really excited about this one All right, guys. Well, uh, I guess we will see you next week. Yep. I'm going to let you go, Chels. I'm going to have to let you go, too. No severance. Sorry. (laughs) That's okay. I'll take the good times. All right. (laughs) Bye, Chels. Bye.